You can see condensed video versions of my devotional studies on YouTube. The graphics and the scripture verses displayed on the screen make these video debos an experience that will bless, uplift, and instruct you. Go to the YouTube website and type in my name, Dennis Pollock, and you'll quickly find our YouTube channel. And then he goes on to say in the next verse, verse 4, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Somehow in the midst of all this fellowship and this relationship, there should be joy. Is there such a thing as a Christian life without any joy? What do you think? Um, there is no, um, there is no fullness in Christianity without joy because the Bible says in his uh, presence, there is fullness of joy. Right. In, in, in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus is, you know, fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is the strength that is carrying us, you know, yeah. is, is the strength from God, the strength that Jesus has given to us, read the word and then, you know, have communication with the Holy Spirit, have fellowship, you know, with the Lord. And then you are full of, you know, zeal and joy. And even when you preach, if you don't have that mutual relationship with God, if you don't have, you know, that acceptance in his presence, <laughs> if you don't have, you know, um, the Holy Spirit, kind of uh, giving you that strength that comes not from nowhere but from God, yeah. you know, to help you teach and help you preach and help you, just like you were saying that, well, you know, in those days when you just uh, rush and rush and rush and rush all the kids and rush, you know, dress them up, everybody rush to the car, we're going, go, go, go. And then you get to church, you'll be like, shh, Ooh, that was hard getting here. <laughs> Lord, your mind is really wrapped around how yeah. you rushed and then you are preaching dry message to everybody, not, yeah. you know, uh, having a, a communion with, uh, uh, you know, will it, not communion, like, uh, commune with the Holy Spirit, you know, have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, read and pray mm. and have God, you know, preach through you. And, uh, he's like God looking at you like you've been running around too much, mister, doing all kinds of things. There's no time for me. How are we going to do this? I can't just jump, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. So first John says, well, we're declaring this so that you can have fellowship with us and with the Father, with the Son. And then he says, and we're writing this that your joy may be full. What does mm-hmm. Paul say? The kingdom of God is not food or drink. It is righteousness and peace and joy mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, an aspect of the kingdom working in your life, if if that kingdom is working right, if you're truly connected and, and things are running on all cylinders, there should be some joy. Yeah, there are hardships and times where we suffer and it's hard to have too much joy in those times. But generally, uh, God will bring you back to joy and that's the way it should be. You should wake, in the morning, wake up in the morning feeling good, mm-hmm. feeling joyful, knowing that you're a child of God. And yeah, you know, you may have some problems, but we're still going to have that joy. John goes on in verse 5, and this is uh, this chapter 1 is uh, actually the shortest chapter of his five chapters. Not that he wrote in chapters, but anyway, uh, it says, This is the message we've heard from him. Now, remember what he has said earlier. He said, we've, We know this, this man. We've seen him. We've heard him. We've touched him. Now, he says, Now, here's the message we've heard from him. In other words, Okay, we know him, and let us tell you what his message is. He says, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Kind of a strange thought. I mean, 
yeah, we can agree with that, but mm. why would you make that a big point? Mm. He's like, here's the message. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Well, if we look at the next verse, we see kind of what he's going for and what he's really suggesting here. He says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, and remember, it's all about fellowship. Mm. So if we talk like, yeah, oh yeah, I've got fellowship with God, I've got fellowship with Christ, I'm in fellowship with the Lord, he says, if we say that, but we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So he's talking here about people who say they're believers, they're fellowshipping with God, mm. but they're walking in darkness. What does it mean to walk in darkness? Well, biblically speaking, when they talk about walk, and there's actually quite a bit said by the uh, apostles in the various epistles about walking, you know, mm. walking in the Lord, walking mm. in faith, walking in this, walking in that. And walking basically means your your pattern of daily living. Mm. Your walk is how you live day to day. So he's saying, if we talk a big game about how we have fellowship with the Lord, but he says, we're walking, that is, we're living daily in darkness, we're not we're not obeying God. We're not following Christ. We're not living an, a moral and upright life. We're walking in darkness. He says, if that's the case, we're talking about how we have all this fellowship with the Lord, but we're walking in darkness. Mm. We're living a life of darkness. He says, we lie. We're telling a lie. We're going around telling people we love the Lord. Oh, praise God, I had the most wonderful fellowship with him the other day. I was praying and he was talking and I was crying and I just uh, could hardly stand on my feet. But you're walking in darkness. You're living immorally. You're not following the ways of Christ. He says, you're a liar. You're telling a lie. You're not walking in fellowship with him at all. Mm -hmm. He says, we lie. We do not practice the truth. Mm -hmm. So again, John, and he's going to go into this in detail in several of, uh, of the later chapters. But he's real big on, if you're going to pro profess to be a Christian and have fellowship with the Lord, you better walk in the light. And you'd better be living a godly life to match your claims of fellowship. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, we have really um, kind of uh, in our mind... Um, we think that we have processed the whole thing, you, you know, um, and pick up some verses of the Bible that suit us. And now we have really putting God in a box where he's staring at the blood of Jesus and now sees nothing else but the blood. I'm not saying that when we are washed that, you know, the blood is not longer, you know, there. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us from sin and condemnation. Now we are the righteousness in Christ. And at the same time, we should not make God to look silly that he doesn't know what he's doing again. Mm. By, you know, going into the dark and doing all kinds of, you know, uh, manipulation and uh, practices and uh, evil act and uh, um, sinful act and uh, everything and then, you know, mingling ourselves with what God considered as unrighteous. Yeah. And then we think that God is, is not seeing, you know, all he sees is the blood 
I don't know how that plays out. I, like I said, I'm still reading the word to know how <laughs> to interpret that well, part. Okay, well, I don't think it plays out very well at all. Mm. He goes on to say, now keep in mind, what he just said is, we're saying we have fellowship, but we're walking in darkness. He says, we're lying. We're telling a lie. We're liars. Mm. Uh, we're not practicing the truth. But he says in verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Well, who's the he? The he is Jesus. Mm. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So a part of the walking in the light is to fellowship with other believers. There's no getting away with it. God does not uh, call us to become spiritual hermits or lone rangers. He calls us to have fellowship with other believers uh, that doesn't count just to watch a Christian television. You've got to actually talk to Christian people, invite them to your homes, go to their homes, uh, have fellowship with them. He says that's the natural process of walking in the light. And he says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, you mentioned the blood. Here it is. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all yeah. sin. So walking in the light, fellowshipping with other believers, and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. There, there's no question. The blood of Jesus is incredibly important. Mm. And uh, from the beginning to the old, end of the New Testament, we find this just saturating the New Testament scriptures. The blood, the blood, the blood, the mm. blood of Jesus. It was shed for us. You know, this is like, sorry for cutting you off. Yeah. That is like, you know, the sinful aspect of life doing all kinds of, uh, um, satanic practices and uh, all the demonic practices and uh, sinful natures and sinful acts is like the dark part of the world. Yeah. And then he's like teaching us that God is the light and in him is light. So if you want to come into the light, you have nothing to do with the darkness anymore. We'll be like, you know, I, I reject this, you know, darkness, Satan, I reject you, I renounce you, I denounce you. And then I am a child of God. And then when you come into the light, which God is the light, he's like teaching us now, you know, you have fellowship with believers and stay there. <laughs> so, you know, have fellowship with believers and, and stay there and uh, not, you know, um, jumping out and uh, jumping into uh, the dark parts of the world and then when you finish swimming with them in the ocean of sin and then you jump out you'd mm. be like lord yeah here i am out again and in, out and in right mm. in and out in and out in and i out. don't know how god is really going to judge this one right benedict and i represent a ministry called spirit of grace ministries we sponsor african missions in nigeria and kenya where we provide free medical clinics food for widows and orphans and conduct evangelistic ministry lifting up Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. We also create Bible teaching videos and audio recordings like this one because we believe that the Word of God changes lives. We would appreciate your support. If you'd like to help us reach out to the nations of the world, go to our website, spiritofgrace.org, and click on the donation button on the left sidebar. Once again, our website is www.spiritofgrace.org. So he goes on to say, verse 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So he's saying, in a sense, we all have sin. Mm. And if we declare, I don't have any sin, I'm perfect. Mm. I'm absolutely without sin mm. in my life. He's like, you're deceiving yourself. Okay. None of us is perfect. He goes on to say, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins mm. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Now, for years and thousands of years, I suppose we could say, for you know, since this was written, mm. Christians have not had a problem with this idea. Confess your sins, God will forgive you. Mm. Just really in the last generation or so, there's been a group of Christians that say, no, this is wrong. We shouldn't have to confess our sins because our sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. They're already forgiven. We don't need to confess. If you've sinned, you just march right on like a little soldier and don't even mention it to God because he can't see it. (laughs) But that's not what John says. Now, notice he says, if we confess our sins. Mm. Notice the we. Mm. If we confess. He's not talking about sinners. Mm -mm. Uh, He's talking to Christians here. If we Christians will confess our sins, God will forgive us. Mm. Now, this other group that says there's no need to confess... They say, well, God doesn't even see your sin. God doesn't yeah. hold it against you. God hasn't even noticed. Just march right on and, and, and don't even mention it to God. You'll just upset him if you even talk about, well, Lord, I slept with my neighbor's wife last night, but I'm sorry. No, he, he's like, they think you shouldn't even, should not even mention that. Uh, but John clearly says it here. If we confess our sins. Now, this is not written for sinners. If I was going to try to lead someone to Christ, mm. And uh, so I said, well, we're going to pray and receive Jesus, and then you're going to get baptized, and you're going to become a believer. I would not tell that sinner, but before you pray to receive Jesus, you need to confess all your sins. Mm. I mean, he'd have to go back to, you know, when he was four years old. Well, I took that cookie that Mama said I wasn't supposed to have and just go through a list of all the sins he's committed from age four to age 45. Mm-hmm. And he could, number one, he could never remember them all. Number two, it would take forever to, to recount them if he could remember. You don't tell a sinner, confess all your sins. Mm. That would be stupid. You just tell him, repent, ask Jesus to forgive you, receive him, and be saved. This is not written for sinners. It's written for believers. If we, we believers, confess our sins, you've done something stupid, foolish, sinful, you ask God to forgive you, and he cleanses you. Now, this upsets people. They don't like it, but mm. they can't get around it. I've heard I've heard preachers try to get around this verse, and they have no good way to do it. You have to take verbal jumps of logic. You have to be illogical to try to get around it. There's no question this is not written to sinners. This is written to believers. Mm. Believers are to confess their sins, and God will forgive them. Now, you say, all right, well, let's say as a believer I mm. I do something that's sinful. Maybe mm. not super sinful, but a little bit sinful. I shouted at my husband today and, and told him that you're just stupid. Mm. And uh, then I felt guilty about it. So this lady that has shouted at her husband and told him he was dumb, mm. she starts feeling bad about it. It's mm. morning. Her husband's at work. She thinks, I shouldn't have told my husband he was stupid. Mm. And I shouldn't have shouted at him. Mm. And uh, so does she bow her head and say, Lord, forgive me? Has she lost her salvation? Now, she loves Jesus. She goes to church every Sunday. But when she shouted at her husband and told him he was stupid, did she lose her salvation? Did she automatically lose the Holy Spirit? Now he's no longer in her. She's lost and needs to get re-saved. Or did she just stray out from the will of God and and move into an area that wasn't so good? Mm. Do you think she lost her salvation when she shouted at her husband that way? I don't think uh, she lost her salvation. No, I don't either. Because, uh, you know, the blood of Jesus Christ is that powerful and that thick to, you know, uh, cleanse you and seal you 
into righteousness. And whatever, you know, that, you know, comes out of your mouth sometimes, yakri, 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 talk, talk, you are talking and you are talking and you are talking, things are flying out of your mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> you sound like someone who has experience with that. I don't know about that. that. <laughs> I, I wasn't that over you are talking about there. I don't know what you're saying. So by the time you are talking and you are talking and these things are flying out of your mouth, you'll be like, by the time you come to your senses, you'll be like, Oh my goodness, I didn't like the way I talked to my husband before he left to work this morning. And then you pray, Lord, forgive me, you know, for um talking to my husband that way and hurting his feelings. And by the time he returns and then you can humbly say, can you forgive me for what I said right. today? You know, right. I think there's going to be forgiveness in that one. Yeah, there would be. And, and, and I agree completely. She doesn't lose her salvation just no. by doing that. It's, it's not like the Holy Spirit flies in and out of you. He's in for a while. Then you make a mistake <laughs> and do something dumb and he leaves mm. and then you repent and he mm. comes back. She's saved all the while, but there's still a need to, to repent and, and ask forgiveness, not only from her husband, from, mm. but from God. Let's say, you know, her husband is at work and he, he won't be home for another six hours. There's no reason she can't ask God to forgive mm. her for what she did. And then when her husband comes home, she can ask him to forgive her as well. So she's not repenting to get resaved. It's mm. not like, well, I've lost my salvation. I better get resaved. I'm going to ask Jesus to come into my heart. I'm going to get baptized. Where's and my pastor? I'm going to get sinner's prayer. I'm going to get born again, born uh, again, born and again. again and again. And tomorrow, if I do, if I lose my temper, I'll get reborn not, again, mm. and I'll just keep getting born again until I die. Mm. No, you're not getting born again again. But what you are do is is what you are doing is you're cleansing the air mm. and getting back into fellowship with God. You're not you. Ha- you're not lost. You haven't lost your salvation, but mm. you you do have kind of you have kind of put something between you and God. Yeah. And your conscience is condemning you. It's going to be hard for you to have faith to believe God for anything because you keep thinking about what you did, the sin that you committed. Mm. So you're you're cleansing the air, and God forgives you. Not that He's making you a new child of God. You mm. already were, but He is restoring you to fellowship. Mm. And uh, clearly, that's what John is talking about. So, I think God knows that we're gonna one way or the other do you know silly things, and that is why um, it's like do not let you know the anger that is really or uh, what you have said or uh, you know through the day or how you kind of you know lashed on your husband. For, you know, that silly thing he did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he needs to repent as well, right? Yeah. That silly thing he did. (laughs) Yeah, when, you know, at each other, talking and talking at each other, it's like, do not let that anger, you know, rest in you till the next day and then, you know, sun rises. So forgive each other and move on. Right. Mm. So he's saying God is faithful when we repent and confess our sins. This, again, written to Christians. God will be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You might say, well, I don't need cleansing. I've already been cleansed. But no, Mm -hmm. there is a need for cleansing of that particular sin and uh, getting things right with God. Mm. And then he goes on to say, uh, if we say that we've not sinned. Now, earlier he, he has mentioned this, but now he puts it in slightly different words. If we say that we've not sinned, we make him a liar, make God a liar, and his word is not in us. So he's real strong on this idea is none of us can say mm. we've not sinned. Not 
before we got saved and not even after we got saved. Okay. Uh, we, okay. We've all sinned. That's no excuse to live an ungodly, lawless, wicked life, but we're all imperfect and we're all going to need to come before God and mm. confess our sins. And even James says, confess your sins to one another. Mm. So there are certain times where it's proper to say to a brother or a sister, uh, well, I'm, I'm struggling in this area or I, I really blew it in this mm. area. Mm. So the idea that Christians don't need to confess their sins is totally unbiblical. It's just mm. totally wrong. And, but again, you're not trying to get re-saved. You're simply trying to clear away the thing that is between you and God so that your conscience can be made right and you can go on with God in faith. 